Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, great people. Good morning. Good morning to those of you joining us from Cambridge Lesson Online. It's my privilege, it's my pleasure, it's my joy to welcome you. And I believe that God has something good and great for you and I. If you believe that today is a day that you will be changed, if you believe that today is a day you will meet with God, can I hear somebody shout, I'm ready to meet with God. That sounds like the rain dumped your voices. Can I hear a louder shout of somebody saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. A changed person can change the world. As we think bigger and beyond, change is going to be so needed in our lives. One day, while in primary school, school teachers decided that we would do something that was not normal. It would be something that we would need to do as part of our curriculum to understand history, to understand where we're coming from, to understand where we were going in life. We were told that we would build a mud hut. Now, when you're telling primary school children something like that, you know what it is. It's going to be a mud fest. It's going to be fun about throwing mud. And for a boy who had always been told, stop getting dirty, don't throw mud, this was a perfect opportunity. Parents were warned and told, get ready, your children will come back muddy. We'll do our best to keep them sane, but you know what will happen with boys and girls. It's going to be who's throwing mud at one another instead of throwing at the heart that we're building. Later on in life, I got to walk in to see a building being built with stones, and I recognized a few things. That one, it takes more people to do that. That two, it also is quite involving. And I asked myself a question as I was preparing for this sermon, I asked myself, can you imagine whoever thought about building houses with stone, moving people from mud huts, from grass, from cave, to building with stone? That must have been a think bigger and beyond moment. Today we have structures that look like the pyramids. We have structures, an example of the shard. When you see buildings and you're wondering and saying, wow, look what God is able to do when men and women think bigger and beyond. Do you know that the Bible says that you and I are living stones? You. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you are God's living stone. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and I'm going to read just the first beginning part of it. It says, and now you have become living building stones. For what? For God's use in building his house. How many of you believe you're in God's house? How many of you believe that you are in God's house? Yeah. I believe I am in God's house. And you and I, God is raising us to build his sanctuary, to build his house. And in this season of Think Big and Beyond, you and I are going to be so needed to build his house. When this building was being built, 
and take a look at a picture they're going to put up. I got to learn a few things this week while in a meeting. You've heard I'm quite involved in very many things. And while sat with Jay from Cambridge and Derek and, 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 and sitting and listening to Leslie and Denise, and, and they were telling me the stories of how the building was coming up and, and the different things that were done. And, and Jay was telling me, Charles, we put names of people on pieces of papers. The foundation was being set and we were putting prayer points and declaring that Cambridge will burn for Jesus, that Peterborough will burn for Jesus, that the United Kingdom will burn for Jesus. As the pillars were going up and the stones were coming up, we came again and etched names of people that we want to see born again, etched names of people who are here doing the work of God. You and I are standing on God's prayers. You and I are living because of the prayers that have gone ahead of us, of men and women that have served and continue to serve. And before I get too far in the word word that I'm coming to bring to you, I want us to first do something. I want us to celebrate the men and women that serve. So wherever you are, whether in Cambridge, whether in Leicester, whether here in Peterborough, if you are in a serving team, may I kindly ask that you stand up. May I kindly ask, yes, I will pose the message. If you are also on staff in this house, you serve in Kingsgate, you're on staff, may I kindly ask that you stand. Ladies and gentlemen, could we appreciate the sacrifice of these men and women? You may take your seats, thank you. You, the living stones, You and I, the living stones, are God's masterpiece. We are called, gifted, and empowered for God. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us. There are things that God has planned for you and I to do, and we will do them. Jesus understood that for the kingdom that he was building, it would require human resources. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we see him telling that you will be my witnesses. Where? Not just in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, not just in Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. You see... Just a few verses before that, they were asking, when will the kingdom of Israel be restored? And he opened their minds to think, hey, that's not what I'm here for. We've got a bigger purpose to fulfill. And so he needed to bring them to that moment of think bigger and beyond by telling them, listen, you're going to be my witnesses and not just here where you know, but even to places you've never been, you're about to think bigger and beyond like never before. And so after Jesus is ascended, we see the disciples in Acts chapter 1 continuing and saying, hold on, we need to start building. Yes, we know the Spirit is about to come on us. Yes, the gift, the Father, the promise of the Father is about to come, but we need to make sure we do what is right since already one apostle is gone, he's he's gone. Uh, And they decide what needs to happen. And so in Acts chapter 1 from verse 16 to 22, the conversation is about how we are building. Not of stone, but building with people. We need to walk 
as though we know we are called to serve in his house. We are gifted to serve in his house. And we are empowered to serve in God's house. Number one, called to serve. You and I are created to serve God. Jesus was tempted by the devil. Earlier this year, we looked at that portion of scripture of what happened when Jesus was being tempted, when he was empowered. And in one conversation he had with the devil, he said, listen, when the devil was showing him, listen, I'll bow down to me and I will give you all these kingdoms. I'll give you all the wealth. I'll give you the kingdoms. I'll give you, whether it's a financial kingdom, I'll give you, whether it's a metallic kingdom, I'll give it to you. All the kingdoms I'll give to you. But you know what? Jesus looked at him and said, Satan, get thee behind me. I will worship God and him alone I will serve. You and I are called to serve God. The reason you have breath is to serve him and him alone. In Acts chapter 6, after the spirit of God has come upon the disciples, we see as the church is growing, they arrive at a situation and they need to grow to get people who are going to serve. In Acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 7, and I want to read it for you. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying like Kingsgate, we are multiplying and we are going to multiply even further. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Hmm. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochus, Nacon, Timon, Prinus, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the disciples, the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then, and only then, the word of God spread. You and I are about to see the word of God spread in the United Kingdom. As we make the choice to serve God like never before. Can I hear an emphatic amen? Can I hear an emphatic amen? Notice that once they were chosen and set in place, then the Bible says, then the word of God spread. Choose the answer to serve today. Make the choice to be counted as one who is serving in God's house. Make the choice and say, I will serve. You may say, but Charles, I can't see anything for me. Create that place for you. <laughs> I know that's a dangerous statement to make, but hey, walk up to the leadership and say, I'd like to do this. We need every gift. And I'm going to come into that. But we need you to wake up to the fact that you're to serve and I know I'm preaching to many of the converted but I came to remind you that you're not serving just because there's a need but because you are called to serve 
Jesus, while walking with the disciples, teaching them, had many times, many encounters with them where they were struggling. Who will be the greatest one day? They asked him in Mark chapter 10, and he looked and said, hey, listen to me. You need to understand, I didn't come to serve. I, came, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Why did you come to church? Did you just come to have a feel-good factor, meet some few people? No. Jesus came to serve. In John chapter 13, the disciples are having a meal together with him. And then Jesus stands up, takes a towel, takes a basin, and begins to wash their feet. And as he's washing their feet, he comes to Peter and Peter says, no, you can't just wash just my feet, then wash, no. And he says, listen, if I don't wash you, you will not understand what I'm doing. You cannot have a part with me. Strong words. And so in John chapter 12, John 13, verse 12 to 15, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again, sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? I'm sure if I was there, I would have said, oh, no way. Wash my feet. You're the one who's raising the dead. We just saw you raise the dead. Now you're washing my feet? I don't understand that. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And I say, I am your Lord and teacher. Have I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I do to you. You and I have a responsibility to wash one another's feet. Listen, he wasn't saying this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then he see that you may be seen. It was to his own that he was saying it. So I know you're going to be saying, Charles, I'm busy in the marketplace. I'm busy doing this. I'm washing their feet. Hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Jesus washed the disciples. That's why we need life group leaders. That's why we need people who are going to go out there and do what they need. Because we need people who are going to wash one another's feet to be what Christ has ordained for us to be. Remember Nehemiah, the Bible this guy was a king's cup bearer, a trustworthy position. But he was restless about the house of God. It is my prayer that believers will become restless about the house of God, that they will say, I need to serve God and see it built right. My wife and I, as you've heard, we, we, we're doing so many things. <laughs> I mean, someone was asking me, did I forget something? This, this, this. And I'm just like, no, just let me serve God. There are times someone has to remind me, no, Charles, you don't have time for that. When we joined the church, I was unemployed. Her business was, was struggling, was waiting to see how do we get this business running. So as we were faithful in serving, we were also crying to God and saying, have a way brought for us. I said I may be unemployed to the market, but I'm not unemployed to the house of God. I am here and ready to do what needs to be done. Before long, I was leading prayer. Before long, I was being invited, come and do this. Before long, I was watching what Simon would do. Simon would tell me, let's make sure after service, you, you look out for new people. Let's greet them. Let's engage with them. And so Chris would also be telling me the same thing, and I would do that. And thank God for Jay. Thank God for Graham. Thank God for Richard. Thank God for Mike. And thank God for Phil. All of them in Cambridge would get me engaged to greet people and know how to welcome them. 
Before long, I was being asked to sit on the ACMI council. Before long, I was being asked, can you lead a life group? Before long, I was being asked, can you now be, can, we, can you take on training to become a group pastor? And recently I was asked, can you now sit as part of the lead team in Cambridge? Hey, all I'm saying is, God, here I am. I want to serve. My wife at the same time realized, listen, let me go help out. Let me help out in, with the kids' church and helped out there. After some time, she said, no, I need to go to the place of prayer. And before long now, she's being trained up to be a prayer captain. And soon she'll be leading prayer all by herself because she's being mentored how to lead prayer as we go forward. We have made a choice to serve God because we know we are called to serve him. Number two, you are gifted to serve. Okay, Charles, I can't talk like you. I don't have your gift. I'm a shy person. Do I have a gift, really? Those are questions I hear from people. You have a gift. If all of us were the same, the world would be a boring place, don't you think? I mean, if all of us supported just one football team, the world would be boring. One boring thing. I can proudly say that because my team's at the top right now. And one team that was chasing us drew last night. So God's good to me right now. <laughs> Listen to me. You're gifted. You have something you bring that I need. Your calmness is so needed. This boy is on flame. He has to be reminded, just stay calm. And it's people like you who will come and just be like, behave yourself, boy. <laughs> You're gifted. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says every believer, every believer, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, that includes you, has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another. as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. You are gifted. And it's for God. It's for his body. It's not just for your marketplace job. It's not just for your family. No, it's for the body. Recently, my wife and I were blessed with a, 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 a fruit hamper as a token of appreciation. And I was, I was excited, like, oh, wow. This looks strange. And, and, and inside there, I could see fruits I could recognize. I could see things I could tell. I mean, yeah, apples, yeah, or something. But there was something in there I couldn't tell. I was like, ah, what is this? Looks like a tomato. <laughs> really? No. Ah, my wife said, but you're the king of Google. Google. I Googled. Oh, I need to know how it's pronounced. Oh, persimmon. Oh, really? It's, there's a fruit called that. Oh, we cut it so quickly to see how do we eat it. Watch the YouTube video. Oh, you're going down, fruit. <laughs> quickly like I discovered you. And the sweetness in that fruit. Hey, you're here sitting in us in our midst, and we are yet to taste the sweetness of the gift in your life. Today is your day. Today I've come for you to remind you that you can't sit with your gift all by yourself and leave us wondering where is the sweetness that God has ordained for you to bring. We need your sweetness in our lives. 
Three, you are empowered to serve. <laughs> empowered to serve. Jesus said, you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. We are not just to be witnesses of the gospel who herald the message of the gospel, but we are to be witnesses even when we serve. You are empowered by God. Acts chapter 2, we see the Spirit of God come upon the disciples and suddenly Peter, a man who was scared of, of a girl who was saying you belong with Jesus, suddenly he preached and 3,000 people came to know Jesus. In Acts chapter 6, we've read the scripture and, and we've seen the people they chose. Acts chapter 6 verse 3 says, we want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are one, honorable, two, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Acts chapter 6 verse 5 tells us when they chose them, everyone in the church loved the idea. So they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Ah, as I was meditating on this scripture, God began to deal with me, Charles. There are things that can block the pipe from flowing. There are things that can stop you from understanding that I want you to think bigger and beyond. And the first thing that I understood was if I'm going to serve God right, I need to understand honor is important. I may not eat your food. You may not eat my food, but that does not give me a reason to dishonor you. Don't say you will do and you never do. Don't say that you're going to serve on a team and we are forever looking for you. You're too busy. Last year, towards the end, Chris sent an email. Charles, are these dates easy for you to have certain different meetings that we need to be? And I said, I looked and I didn't reply. When, when we met up, I told him, Chris, listen to me. Those dates will work for me. Why? Because I'm serving God. If God needs to move anything, he will move. My faith is there. Case closed. He looked at me and said, according to your faith. <laughs> <laughs> To be honorable means your actions are fair, you're honest and worthy of respect. You carry a story, I have a story. Let's come together and serve and our stories will write a new story of think bigger and beyond. Two, wisdom. We need your wise counsel here. If we're going to, not if, when we're covering the whole country, please, not my language, it's not an if. We are thinking bigger and beyond. We are taking this land. So we need your wisdom. We need your wise counsel to run teams, to be able to do things, to bring your new ideas. I was in a meeting recently with Simon, and Simon asked somebody, please, don't leave your wise counsel where you work. He didn't realize that I took note of that instruction he was giving. In a way, he was also telling me, Charles, whatever you do at work, bring your wisdom here. We need to build, because where we are going, we are taking the land. Your amen is weak. We are taking the land. Three, full of faith. Oh, let me park my car here slightly. Full of faith. What does that mean? His faith was not empty. The faith was not somewhere there. No, it was 
full, believed in God. As I was praying, the Spirit of God began to speak to me and told me, there are many people who want to serve, but their faith has been punctured. There are many others who are serving, but their faith has been punctured. God sent me to remind you that this is the season that you need to know. Have faith in God. You wonder how we're going to think big and beyond by having faith in God. Why? Because nothing is too hard for the God that we serve. Nothing is impossible for the one that we believe in. He is well able. What do you mean, Charles, he's well able? The Bible says, now to him who is able, count him as able to do. Count him as able to heal. Count him as able to save. Count him as able to provide. Count him as able. No matter what that limitation you have, I came here to remind you that your faith should be rooted that God is well able. Able to save. Able to change your family. Able to provide. Able to do great things. My God is able. Somebody open your mouth and shout. Let your trust hear it. That God is able. Oh no, let that letter hear it. Let that bill hear it. Let that situation you're facing hear it. That God is. God is. God is. Shout aloud and let every sound within you, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, let everything within you know that God is able. What is he able to do? The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to carry out his purpose. Your healing is his purpose. Your salvation is his purpose. Our growing is his purpose. Our possessing the land is his purpose. Think bigger and beyond is his purpose. He is well able. And not just able, but super abundantly, more than we dare ask, think, or imagine, hope, or dreams. Whatever it is that you have in your heart that you're wondering, can God do it? Consider it that God is able to do it. Lastly, full of the Holy Spirit. Notice in Ephesians 3.20, it says, according to his power, my God, that is at work in each one of us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. Oh, your amen so weak. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. The same power that brought him out of the grave, that brought him out of the grave, is more than able to bring you out of every grave, more than able to bring you out of the place that men have consigned you, out of every limitation. The same power that is raised Christ from the dead is able to heal the sick, raise the dead. Deaf ears will hear, dumb eyes will, dumb will speak, the blind will see. Think big and beyond. We are possessing the land because the same power that raised Christ is at work in us. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. In the original, it is about being continually filled. Have you ever seen a drunk person? They stagger as they walk. When you're full of God, your steps cannot make sense to a human being. Why? Because God is going to order our steps. We are possessing the land. We don't know how, but we know God is on our side. When you're walking around and you're filling yourself, you're intoxicating yourself with the Holy Spirit. Nothing more. Every day, every moment, that is where we are going. To be full of the Holy Spirit, you need to be charged. I'm using a gadget. This gadget would not work unless it's charged. Can I ask you a question? Are you serving God when you're fully charged or are you serving God when you're not charged? Today is a day that we're going to receive fresh empowerment so that we're fully charged. Can I hear an amen? amen? You know when you're driving and your phone shows you you've got 20%. And, and you're thinking, huh, is my uh, G- GPS app going to work? I'm going somewhere I don't know now. I, I need to think of which app needs to work. So I need to close certain apps and everything. Somebody is not working in their full potential because they are not fully charged. God wants to fill you afresh so that you are fully charged. How do we respond to this? How do we respond to the call, to the gift, and to his empowering? May I ask that you stand up on your feet. Cambridge Online, kindly stand up on your feet. I want you to put your hands in front of you and begin to ask God, here's my life. You're the one who's called me. You're the one who's gifted me. Now, Lord, I give you my life. Open your mouth and lay before him. Don't look at anyone. Go to him right now and tell him, Lord, here I am. I'll serve you and you alone. Thank you for your call over my life. Thank you for the gift you've put in me. Fresh wind. Fresh grace. Where my faith has been punctured. Fill me afresh, Lord. Today is a day of restoration. He's restoring you. You served in a team and run. It's okay. We, we're we're going to cover you with our love. <clears throat> now ask him to fill you. Fill me afresh, Lord. Fill me afresh. I want to serve you. Empty me of me and fill me 
simply to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We surrender ourselves to you. We say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Use us, Lord. Make us. Fill us. With your glory. With your spirit. And as we go, we go empowered to serve. Our lives are for you. We will build your house. Now, to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than we all dare ask, think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Let's lay our lives before him.